You're listening to episode 194 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I have a very special guest joining me. Her name is Aaliyah Lovely. And I had the absolute pleasure of meeting her in Bali I quite randomly, although I feel like many of the connections that I made in Bali were somewhat random. Um, <laughs> but she is amazing. We sat together at dinner one night uh, for a mutual friend's birthday party. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the episode so you can hear some details. But I just sensed right away that I wanted to get to know her better. I just loved her energy, it, it kind of pulled me in and she just, I could tell that she had the most beautiful heart and I really wanted to talk to her more and to get to know her. And she ended up doing an entire session with me. It turns out that she's a medium, which is not my usual thing. So before you turn this off, if you think that that's too woo for you, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to hear what is in this episode. I did an entire uh, paid session with Aaliyah uh, that she, she did with me, and it was incredible. It was absolutely profound, and I felt as though she reflected back to me a lot of things that I already knew, but it was as though I needed a reminder and I needed to hear them again, and I left feeling not only lighter, but um, with this, this sense of deep comfort that actually really surprised me. Um, it, it was a really, really powerful experience and, and we're going to give you some of the, the details of that so that you would know what to expect if you ever did anything, uh, similar yourself and hopefully so that you can pull some lessons out of my own experience as well. That's, that's why I'm sharing it. So we are going to be going into a few different things, including the whole a global pandemic situation a little bit and how that can be incredibly overwhelming. Uh, so we're going down the rabbit hole of fear and overwhelm, managing your consumption as well loving yourself through the fear, which I thought was a really beautiful concept that Aaliyah uh, gets into with us. Taking on everyone else's stuff. A lot of us can be guilty of that, especially in times like this where things are very heavy. If you're an empath, it's very difficult, uh, very sensitive to, to deal with that. Being observant of how you're feeling, which is a really, really important practice. And being introspective in this time of quiet as well, along with the fact that everyone can be intuitive. A lot of times we just have so much noise happening that we don't take the, the time and, and create the stillness to really tune into that. So I want to get into this uh, interview more with you. And Aaliyah is uh, an energy coach. Uh, she is a medium, as I mentioned, and a card reader. And she hosts the up and coming podcast, Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. It's fantastic. I highly recommend giving it a listen. And I'm so pumped for you to hear this interview. Aaliyah, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. 
And so this is so funny because you and I went to a birthday dinner in Bali of a mutual friend of ours, and we randomly ended up sitting next to each other. And after about 60 seconds mm -hmm. of conversation with you, I turned and looked at you and I'm like, I really like you. <laughs> like I need more of you in my life. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself because you have a really interesting story and you just have the most amazing energy to you. Like I can't even describe it to people. You just Thank have the you. most beautiful energy. So please tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, that was so funny. We did sit down at this dinner and Emily sits next to me and she's like, I like you. And I'm like, I like you too. Like what's going on? But even, you know, 60 seconds later after that introduction, I had said something about her energy and I was like, I'm sorry. Can I can I just tell you something real quick? Um, because I am a medium, um, I'm a channel, I'm a card reader, and I'm also a podcast host of a show called Spiritual Shit. So um, it was really funny because in that moment, I was feeling something within Emily that I needed to, to talk to her about. And it was just a very interesting connection between the two of us. Um, but yeah, as a uh, child, I was able to see spirits and all that weird stuff. And upon growing up, it was something that was considered weird or demonic or something. And so I suppressed a lot of my um, empathic or sensitivities, if you will. And uh, when I got a little bit older and I started to kind of like embrace them more, um, I started to make a really honest, good connection with spirit and ways that um, have really helped me improve my life and improve my energy um, and help other people help themselves. Um, and then to move it even further, I created my own podcast because I wanted a space for these weird things to be normal. <laughs> um, you know, like from anything from, you know, Tantra to ayahuasca, ghosts, mediumship, angels, like all of it. So um, I'm a lover of anything weird. And especially in this very weird time, it's very interesting to see how the energy has been shifting and, and changing. And, and it is, and, and this is a really, really weird time. And it's funny, even though you and I have been planning on doing this episode for, for weeks now, and the stars just kind of aligned that we could do it now. And, and I, I really feel like that was kind of meant to be because there's a lot of um, yeah. like things around fear and, and energy right now that I, I think are really important to talk about. And you feel like one of the, the perfect people to, to discuss that with. But before we go into that, um, tell I, I tell people like kind of what you were sensing in me a little bit I whatever you want to share I'm fine with and then I also booked a session with you and we can talk about that a little bit as well because I want people to I've just been like raving about you to people ever since and everyone I've talked to you about <laughs> people are like oh my god give me her name <laughs> so it's so funny so tell tell people a little bit more about like the connection that you and I had and kind of what you were sort of sensing in me and, and seeing in me <laughs> So it's funny when, when that happens. Um, so the way that for me, um, the energy comes through it, it is almost like I, I'm going to throw up. Like, I feel like this kind of, you know, kind of feeling like I'm going to, I need to say something and I'm not sure what it is yet. Um, and so Emily was sitting next to me and it was more, you know, honestly, it was more of like even the sound of your voice. Like I tune into frequency in that way. And so I was, I was listening to her and she was talking and something, if I remember correctly, cause sometimes it's channeled and I don't really remember what I said, but, um, there was a moment where it, she sounded just really ungrounded. 
um, like she hadn't, she had lost a major uh, part of her security. And um, I could feel that there were a lot of energy blocks in her lower centers and that, you know, her, her higher chakras were like super overactive. And so I could feel that in her um, third eye and her crown chakra as well. And so it's so much so it was giving me a headache and which is, is no fault of Emily. <laughs> um, but like I get that when I get around certain people, I could feel when they're, they're not grounded because most of the energy is coming out of the top of their um, energy centers. So I think that that's where we started, right? If I can remember um, talking about like grounding her or feeling like where her energy I think I asked you to breathe and yeah and then you 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 asked if you could touch me and then you kind of took yeah. put your fingers in the back of my head and then very quickly like almost pushed energy like down into yeah, my back yeah. because you because too much of it was up too high and you were trying to spread it out a little bit more evenly which I thought was so fascinating yeah, which I'm like, you know, like I, I applaud you, Emily, for even like, thankfully we're in a place like Bali where you can do shit like this and people aren't like weird about <laughs> people it. People don't even bat an eyelash. Um, They're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we did this in Kansas City. Someone would be like, what the fuck are you doing? You witch, go burn her. <laughs> so like it was, Emily was totally cool about it. And um, it did center you a bit, like the energy shifted and I stopped having a headache. So selfishly, I might've been doing it for myself, but <laughs> like in that I appreciate it either way. <laughs> <laughs> in that moment helping you bring that down um so you like because I, I felt there was still fear in your voice I felt that there was this this sensation of you know desiring community deeply and still feeling like you hadn't found a foundation in that and so like sitting next to her for me was like a privilege to be able to open up my energy in that way that affected her and in, in enough of a way that she's telling people about me <laughs> um <laughs> But like to, to offer that to someone, to give them space, you know, give them space to allow themselves to breathe or give them space to allow themselves to kind of look at where their energy is flowing and how that's affecting their energetic body, but also their physical body. Well, it's, it's so interesting to me because I've thought about you so many times since then, because I can, now that you, ever since you pointed it out to me, I can, I can hear in my own voice now when I'm starting to get more into fear. And I didn't, I never mm. noticed that before or put it together. And then that's also typically when I notice that I'm not breathing properly, that I'm breathing mm -hmm. really shallowly again as well, and that I need to breathe yeah. more deeply, which is something that you had also brought up to me. And then we also have mutual friend, Sarah uh, Silverstein, who has been on the podcast as well, yeah. who is um, a breathwork facilitator. Yeah. And then I went to more sessions with her again after that to try and even that out a little bit and sort of get back to the breath because it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it also like, you can tell from where people talk, right? Yes. So for me, when I'm doing my medium sessions, um, I ask them to say their name and um, they'll, they'll tell me their name, but like <clears throat> I can tap into that part of the frequency of their voice of where they're speaking from. And so you can kind of, at least I can hear when people are really out of their, their energy space, or if they're in a really comfortable energy space for themselves, um, you can probably hear my voice to sound really relaxed, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> at the moment. Um, but I know, I know where my energy needs to sit in order for my body to feel relaxed. And so even if I can be in a place of fear or scared or overwhelmed, um, I have, I've done it enough, coached my energy enough to be able to sit in a place where I can at least let my autonomic nervous system chill the fuck out 
so I don't go into a type of panic or something because I used to suffer from really bad panic attacks. And recently I had one, I went to the bank um, to exchange some money because they were closing the banks. And I went in there and just the energy, everybody was so scared. And there was these four men there that were just, oh, you know, this and this is going on and blah, blah, blah. And it was the energy in which they were speaking to this woman who was trying, she's this teeny tiny Hispanic woman. And they were like talking to her like it was her fault. Like, so when are you going to close the bank and blah, blah, blah. And it was just a lot of fear and a lot of anger and this, this energy transference of their own, like, I'm scared, you know, and trying to like defer that to this small woman who had nothing to do. Like she, it's not her choice to close the bank. Um, so, and it was making me mad. And so I was standing there trying to exchange my money while I'm taking in all this energy that's happening around me of fear and panic and anger and uh, overwhelm and, you know, just a lot of that. And so when I stepped outside of the, the bank, I started going into a panic attack and like, and I haven't had one of these in years. So I sat down in the car and I just let the panic attack come because trying to suppress it once it's already there is like, forget it. Like it'll make it a 10, 10 times worse. So I sat in the car, I made sure I was breathing as much as I could. My chest got super tight. I felt like that closing in on my throat and almost like close to passing out. Um, but knew that in this moment, okay, I know what's happening. My body is going to response over my mind because this is the fight or flight response because of my openness and sensitivity to energy. So I'm experiencing the panic of others through my body. So I allowed myself in that moment to say, okay, this is a moment to heal everyone. This is not even for me. Like for people who are feeling panic right now, how can, like, can we transmute this energy in that way? So to be able to have coached myself into a conscious state um, where I wasn't just operating from what my subconscious brought up was, I think, a, an immense tool in that moment to be able to get through the panic attack. And of course, like the panic attack wore me out. Like I had to go home and I fell asleep for like four hours. Um, but so for people who are empathic as well, like they understand that, that communication of energy and how drained that makes you feel when you're around other people or when people dump their shit on you or when you are, when you are working through some type of healing energy or transmission of energy. It, it really does affect your body. So you need to know how to recharge as well, how to boundary as well, and how to get yourself in a place where you can allow yourself to consciously like <laughs> think about what, what's happening in your energy field so you can maintain, you can recharge yourself. So that's kind of like what we were talking about a little bit also for you, Emily, in your session that we did um, about like where your energy is going and how to maintain that for yourself so you can have enough to heal that's also a really important part like if you don't have enough energy if you're in this state right now where you're in quarantine and the walls feel like they're closing in and you're feeling super overwhelmed and anxious it'll be really difficult for you to get to a place where you have enough energy to actually heal whatever's coming up oh so good and and it's so true and and i mean we can take this conversation in a few different ways um and i think we'll probably have time to get to all that it's just a matter of what order we do it in so i want to give people yeah. a little bit more insight as to the session that I had with you, um, just so that people can kind of understand what, what that even looks like or what that entails, because I had no idea what to expect going into that. And I was mildly terrified, <laughs> which I said to you since I went in, even though I wasn't afraid of you, I was just, I had no idea what to expect. And I was so nervous. So we can talk about that. And then I also want to talk to you more about a lot of the stuff that you're bringing up around 
fear and overwhelm and managing um, energy and being observant of how you're feeling, especially with all of this that's happening right now in the world. Yeah. I think that that's really important to address. So where, which direction do you want to go first? I'm going to let you guide this. <laughs> um, we can go towards your session first. Okay. Um, and you know, it's funny, everybody's session is different. And so um, the way that your session go went is, is not necessarily how the next session that was right after or before yours that day um, was different. Um, so it depends on the individual need. But most likely, um, in a lot of the sessions, I'll use cards to kind of start it off. Um, and we'll read the cards. The cards that I use are like energy oracle deck. And I like the cards because they are, um, you know, it's an unbiased projection of what's going on in the energy field and the cards never lie so like I've done it enough that you know people are like oh it's just the cards or whatever and I'm like it gives us a really wonderful opportunity to reflect on whatever is happening in our life I can imagine that any card that came up could apply to someone in some kind of way um, but it's also up to the reader to communicate what that is and so I tend to channel what comes up for me when those cards come out so it might not necessarily be the definition of what the card says in the book but when it comes out and I see it in the deck altogether, it kind of gives me some insight. It's just a tool, right? Um, I don't need the cards to, to see and feel whatever that is. But it, I think for especially for first time clients, um, it allows them to let their guard down a bit. Because if I came straight out the gate and was like, okay, so you have this, this and this and this, um, it, it might scare them a bit. Like, can she read my mind? No, I cannot read your mind. <laughs> um, so in that regard, it, it allows people to kind of like, um, disarm a bit. And when they open up and they start to see the, okay, like, well, it's the cards. It's not a Leah, you know, <laughs> um, it opens the gate a bit more for me to be able to get a bit deeper. And, um, then we start going into things that are, um, usually really painful. <laughs> um, these are not light readings. When we do the energy readings, they are meant to heal. And in some ways I am always shown where the where the issue is, like where the, the gap is or where the hole or the wound is at. And so um, I don't advise anybody to come see me if they are not willing to deal with that. That's very, very important. I had a couple of clients come to me and thought this was like the energy reading was going to be like a fun, light, like, oh yeah, you know, like maybe you'll get married in two years or this or that. And I start talking about abandonment issues and things like that. People are like, oh, hold on. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not what I want to hear. This is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is what you're paying for. So we're going to go there. Um, yeah, so it's, it's different for everybody, but I do, I have had a lot of really, really beautiful responses from it and people feeling a lot lighter after they come through that and helping transmute the energy that they may be holding onto and may not be aware that they're holding onto. And so I don't call myself a healer, um, but like people have received healing in those sessions as a, like, I'm just the facilitator, like you, you come there to heal and like you coming and opening up to me is like, you're signaling to your guides and saying, Hey, I, I really need this to open up today. And so they're just giving me whatever you or your higher self is reflecting to you that you need to face and likely already know you need to face, but to have some stranger tell you that is like, it's, it's kind of, it's like a brick to the face, you know? <laughs> It's like, I've never met this person before and they're already, is it that clear? Is it that apparent that I'm, I'm suffering with this? Um, no, it's not. It's just that like in that moment, like the energy that we're allowing to come through is, is, is calling you to that in that moment. So you come in there to heal yourself. So in that sense, like Emily's session, 
um, you know, was, was very, very vibrant, <laughs> I'll say. Um, and we got, I don't know how personal you want to get about what happened in your session. I, I'm um, pretty open. But so there you can was, talk about whatever you want. <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to remember it too. Like, cause I feel like a lot of that, like though, especially towards the end, I was channeling a lot. Yeah. And so there was a lot coming when I channel it kind of, they block me out. And so words just kind of come through. I've had a couple podcasts like that where I've just channeled the whole thing. And then I'm like, what the fuck did I talk about? I have to go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm not really like remembering a lot of it, except like a lot about your relationship and that security being taken from you and you feeling, um, having trouble trusting people again and not just trusting people, but trusting yourself and your decisions and your, your own intuition and being able to kind of like tap into that and that person kind of coming into your life to show you um, that part of yourself, to grow that part of yourself. And so um, it was pretty intense. It was pretty intense. But then, um, you know, walking away, giving you some tools to be able to figure out how to manage how you're feeling and how to deal with what you're healing. That's a big part too. Like once you start to acknowledge those wounds and things that you're you're experiencing it's like what to do with it now you know and the healing aspect of things um <clears throat> the biggest part of of healing it is just the integration the acknowledgement that wound wants to be known and so in that moment being able to acknowledge what it is and, and loving yourself through that part of it it's not like i think a lot of people think healing is very linear and it's like okay i went through that thing and now I should be done with it. Like, <laughs> but it's actually very cyclical. So it will keep showing up to deepen um, your lesson with, with it. And so if it's abandonment, for instance, it's something I'm dealing with right now. Um, it'll be circular in nature. Like it'll come up here and then you'll see it again here and you'll get another opportunity, you know, there to, to heal it as well. And, and all the aspects and perspectives of that particular, we'll call it a lesson instead of a wound. So and a lot of times we know that. these things too. It's just that we need what someone to reflect it back to us. A lot of times we do know these things yeah. like deep down, we just need somebody to actually speak them out loud to, to reflect it back to us. Right. And sometimes for people, they've buried it so deep that for someone else to acknowledge, man, it kicks up a lot of dust for them. And so um, that can be like a really, I would say it can be a really hard process, but also a really relieving one. It's like, like if you go in the attic of a house and you're like, oh, wow, I just found this old chest of buried, you know, whatever. Well, like you're going to kick up a bunch of dust and that's going to cause some allergies. <laughs> and so like a lot of people are having what I call allergies to their, to their responses of the, the wounds that they've dug up and they're going to have that reaction, you know, first reaction lots of sneezing, lots of runny nose, possibly crying, you know, um, and what, and once you reveal what it is, you can speak to it, you can see it, you can see next time in the next lesson that comes up for that particular thing, oh, I remember, this is, this is this wound, okay, like, how did I respond last time, how will I respond this time, this is an opportunity to get even better at, at something that's been ailing me probably for a really long time that I wasn't, really looking at and especially now like well, now we all have to be super super hyper uh introspective and like we got a lot of wounds coming up a lot of people are dealing with fear fear and overwhelm and um just like a lot of a lot of like what's going to happen next and so it's kicking up if you did have any ptsd or trauma in the past or um abandonment issues or you know self-worth issues i mean people are coming 
out with their courses and their this and their that and their but people are also losing their businesses their whole life's work like is just gone and so in this time it's a very uncertain and weird time to be trying to figure anything out the world has just kind of been put on pause yeah and that's a big part of it that you and i were talking about before we jumped on too that we're i've talked to several people about this lately that there's no more hiding from our shit like collectively this is going to go on long enough if this was just going to be a week or two we could easily just numb and distract ourselves and and do whatever but i think that this is going to go on long enough that we're going to hit a point where there will be no no more place to hide what is coming up for us and we're going to have to do something with it. And for some people, it will yeah. be so painful that they will still not be able to look it in the face and do virtually anything else but deal with it. Mm-hmm. And for everyone else, if, if you actually face it head on, you're going to come out of this better than you went into it. But that's going to yeah. take a lot of work, a lot of energy and um, a lot of, of facing some really deep shit and, and some really heavy things as well where you you can't avoid it anymore it's staring you in the face from the mirror and you can't sidestep it when all of your other normal distractions have been stripped away yep like i'm so i'm someone i consider myself super self-aware but like i was (laughs) in the midst of like this week or two that's been kind of going through i started to recognize that i have abandonment issues that has never come up for me before never thought that that was something that I suffered with. And I was realizing that upon, um, you know, like a a rejection or someone like dismissing me or something like that, especially romantically, I was having a trauma response to it. Um, Like a very like cyclical type of PTSD that I was having. And I was like, where's this coming from? Why do I react like this? Like this introspective asking me, you know, why do I act like this? Why do I behave like this? And that's something to ask myself very often when I'm, when I'm feeling something, something starts to come up. Why do I feel this way? What's causing me to have these emotions? And I get crazy analytical about it, um, which can also be like a downfall, right? <laughs> um, you can be in your intuition and be in your feelings and then also be like very scientific about things and be like, okay, like, why should I feel this way? And in a logical way, it doesn't seem to match up. And I can't find why I should be feeling this way. And then in that way, a lot of people um, turn to shame. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't have that. And it's like we beat ourselves up so harshly over things that we, we might have suppressed so deeply. We have no idea why we would react to something in that way. And it's much, much deeper than what we can even see. So I started looking into some of that this week and being like, wow, this, is, this wound is deeper than I'm even cognitively aware of. I don't know if I was just left to cry for a long time or, um, you know, it's my, my, you know, my father wound in some way or something like that, you know, like where I felt like abandoned, um, by the male gender or who knows. Um, but this week in particular, I was sitting by myself in the house and I started to just feel like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say panic, but you start to get this anxiety about being alone. And I'm like, I like to be alone, but I don't like to be alone when I have to be alone. And that feeling of almost like trapped, like I don't have a choice. I have to stay here. I can't leave. I can't get on a plane. I started to feel claustrophobic. 
And in that overwhelm, I was like, what is this reaction I'm having? Like, I love to stay at home by myself. I love to sit and read or, you know, like, let me record a podcast or blah, blah, blah. So it was, it, it was such a strange response to see, like, I'm experiencing panic around feeling like I'm trapped. Like I might be in jail almost. And then I thought I started thinking about like, you can go a little deeper and go super woo woo with it and be like, okay, maybe in past life because I was jailed. And that feels like that to me. And I'm still trying to heal some of that. Um, from from other lives or possibly epigenetically, you know, like I come from a Native American and Afri West African background where a lot of those people were oppressed and jailed and, you know, whatever. So even epigenetically, like I could be healing trauma for generations, you know, like people should think about that too, like in their lineages and stuff, like you could be healing things for your family line as well. So I started to look at that and try to find a space and say like, where can I find love for these emotions? Um, instead of shaming them, like, where can I find love for the space that, that I'm at? Like, we've never experienced anything like this before in our lifetime. And I know that like a lot of people say things like, well, you know, it's not the Holocaust and it's not this and, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but for our time, this is, this is our thing. Like we've never experienced anything so, so crazy or serious like this. Um, so the way that we are reacting to it, none, none of it should be shamed. Every reaction is valid because we, we've never been through this before. We wouldn't know how to handle this. It's like, um, I got on Instagram and saw how many people were like, let me teach you how to make six figures in a recession. And it's like, first of all, you're 25. You haven't been through a real recession <laughs> while you've been working. There's no way that you know how to do this. Um, you're flailing like the rest of us, but good job on the marketing. So in that way, like this is new to all of us. And so all of the emotions and all of the fear and all the overwhelm and all the stuff that we're really scared and experiencing we just have to go through there is no quick fix there is no like okay let's just heal this real fast like there it, you just have to go through it yeah and not try and bypass it and and that that applies to this that applies to any type of pain in our lives is that yeah. if you try and go around it it's going to come back 10 times worse and punch you in the face yeah. when you least expect it <laughs> and when it is least convenient for for it to come up <laughs> Don't we know that by experience? <laughs> we definitely do. We definitely do. <laughs> well, and I yeah. really like that too about um, like being observant about how you're feeling as well and just accepting that however you're feeling is okay. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of judgment going around right now. A lot yeah. of judgment. I haven't seen this many harshly judgmental people in a really mm -hmm. long time, if ever. And everyone has an opinion. Everyone is mm -hmm. um, like acting out. Everyone is like a little bit oversensitive, hypersensitive right now. And mm -hmm. it can sometimes feel like a bit of a minefield, not just in the online space, but just in, in life in general right now that like, you know, are we going to offend someone if we go to the grocery store? Like it's, there's a lot yeah. coming up and a huge amount happening. And that can be really difficult to deal with from an, from an energetic standpoint as well. It's very draining. It's incredibly draining because I think like there's some accounts that I've been watching where people have been posting like, this is how many people die today. Stay at home and save lives. And it's, I get where you're coming from, but it's really aggressive in the energy that it's putting out there. Um, here, let me show you how many deaths there are so I can scare you into doing what I think is right. Yeah. And to me, that's not coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of peace. Like it's coming from a place of dominance. Like. I need to dominate you. I need to tell you what to do um, in order, because I'm scared. Does that make yes. sense? 
Yes. I so, love that you're saying that about how it's, it's coming from fear themselves. And, you know, yeah. it's one thing to encourage people to stay home because I think that there are a lot of um, accounts out there who are very influential in, who are using yeah. that in a positive way to encourage people to stay home. And that's great. But yes, when, yeah. when you start posting the deaths and like, I saw in some Facebook group the other day, some girl was offended about somebody saying she wanted to go for a walk or something. And then she posted in the comments, I, I think she used the same phrase at least six different times in six different comments in the same thread about people are dying, people are dying, people are dying. I'm like, okay, we know, <laughs> we're, we're aware. And I can tell how freaked you know, out and scared you are, but we all are. Everywhere. <laughs> yes. Oh my it's gosh. Thing. Like when, when, you have, when people are dying and it's not directly affecting you, they don't care. Yeah. So like when millions of children in, you know, Syria or something are dying, like nobody gives a fuck. But if there's a virus that can come here and, and possibly kill someone you love, like shut it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so in that way, like when people were going in and, and shooting up schools, like the, the amount of deaths that we've had in mass shootings over the last year in America, like, I don't even know the actual statistic, but can confidently say was more than people that have died in the coronavirus in this year and in, in the United States. It's, 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 ugh. it's incredible. It's incredible to see how much people will pay attention to something when it affects them. It was yeah. never like climate change, for instance, like there was this uh, meme rolling around that was saying um, climate change needs a uh, coronavirus PR agent. Yes, <laughs> I've been seeing that and I'm like, that could not be more true. <laughs> right. But because people don't see that there's a direct, you know, um, correlation, basically correlation to them and their, their own um, ability to, to stay alive or sustain, they won't even do it for their kids, if that makes sense, like for the world that we need to have around later. And I believe that this is, this is even also like an effective climate change, if we can look at that too. But um, anyway, all that to say, the shaming having to do very much with the portion of like, how, how scared am I? Like, let me post this because I'm afraid. And let me get you to do what I want you to do because I'm scared of what's going to happen to me. And it the energetically comes from a very selfish place. It comes from a survival place. And I'm not going to judge that either because like, I, you know, they've never been through that before. So they're scared, but energetically, that's not what we want to be putting out into the collective because it's not, I believe it's not the most effective way to get people to stay home or to do anything. Honestly, fear is what in, in, in a lot of states, actually, you know what? That's funny. Fear is actually a huge, huge motivator. Um, but it's not as, at least energetically the best way to go about it. If you're trying to sustain some type of mental wellness. So it, it does work to get people what you want people to do. If this was some giant conspiracy, like the government is like, you know, super smart about the reaction of how people will behave um, and how we're shaming each other into doing something like this. But um, I think the virus is real just for the, on the record. <laughs> um, but if that's the case, you know, like it's not the best for a lot of people's mental wellness. If that girl needed to go for a walk because she was feeling suicidal and she needed to get out of the house, then that's what she needs to do for her own mental wellness so she doesn't die. Yeah. And you can't make a judgment for everybody else on what's best for them and their families. Like if they needed to go to the store, are they going to like, oh, you went to the store and you risked da, 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 da. Okay. We don't have any food. So we starve. Does yeah. that work? Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, so there can be a lot of different ways and like, maybe that's controversial, but 
I don't care. <laughs> like in that way, we're spreading, like spreading fear is, is not the best way to, to be able to manage people's wellness in this time, because we are, we're left alone with our thoughts. And for people who are feeling highly anxious and highly fearful, and like, who are the, who are the most people who react out in, in dangerous ways? It's people who are scared. So they go straight to primal, primal chakra right away. You go straight into that primal need or primal uh, behavior where you act instinctually and not logically, rationally. So in that way, I think like it's very important to like start monitoring how you're feeling. What's your fear level? Make a chart. <laughs> are you feeling like you're on a five today? Or are you on a 10 today? Um, and see how it affects your actions. See how it affects the way that you move through every day. Are you having trouble getting out of bed? Like, do you feel like it's pointless? Like you don't have any motivation? Where's your energy at? Like, what did you watch the day before? Start taking inventory of what you're consuming because like there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of fear mongering. There's also a lot of really helpful tools and things that, you know, and then there's a lot of conspiracy things out there that are like also not right. So, you know, take inventory about what it is that you're absorbing and taking in and how it's affecting you on a day-to-day -day basis. So you don't feel overwhelmed, you don't feel scared, and you can look at things from a rational perspective. I don't think there's ever been a better time in, in history to uh, be reminded of our consumption use and to be very wary mm -hmm. of what we're consuming because I can feel it. Um, I, I started, I used to, to watch the news all the time. And a few years ago, yeah. I started to really recognize that that was a big problem for me. So I started limiting it significantly and it's gone down. Like my, my consumption of the news has gone down more and more and more and more um, to next to nothing, except that somehow, even with the very small amount that I do consume, I'm still quite up to date on what's happening in the world. And yet I'm living yeah. a less fearful life. And I, I'm living a yeah. little bit lighter and, and not so, I'm not so weighed down by all of the, the things that are happening in the world. And that doesn't mean that I don't care when bad things are happening. It means right. that I just, I can only control what, what I do. And if I show up in the world in a really heavy, fearful place all the time, not only yeah. is, the, is it not serving me, but I'm not able to serve anyone else at that point either. And right. it has to be tied in to mental wellness. Like you, and it is possible to be an informed citizen and to not mm -hmm. be watching CNN 24 <laughs> seven. They, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Like just to like what you're absorbing in that it's, it's so much like you have, like you, you just have to be, you have to be aware of what you're taking in because everything out there, like, I mean, everything is coming to your phone. You can find almost all the news that you want to see on Instagram anyway. Yeah. Um, not that it's all correct news, but that's also true. <laughs> um, you're going to see it. I mean, I went, even went to Pinterest at my, my safe space and I went there to just go to dream. And there was like details about the CDC and COVID blah, blah, blah. Like you oh can't escape goodness. it. Yeah. Right now there's no escaping it. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and actually I just looked up the stat. So there has been, sorry, I'm a, a, a very logical person as well. And I was like, hey, this is going to bother me if I don't know the stat. Um, <laughs> there was 1,195 uh, deaths nationwide in the U.S. Um, from coronavirus since it was started, like maybe in November. 
So, and last year we had about 500 mass shooting deaths. So I was incorrect just to say that. However, the point still stands. Like um, our concern about what affects us directly is, is more important than what, if, if we were having all these other deaths, gun related deaths were a lot higher, not mass shooting deaths. But anyway, sorry, just to say that part. Um, but our consumption of what's on the news and what we're doing with it and how it's affecting our own energy. At this point in time, like if you're, if you're thinking about your survival, then you need to think about your energy because people who are scared, that's a, a immunosuppressant. So when you're stressed, like it, 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 it downs your actual immunity. So I'm no doctor, but that you can look that up. And so if you're feeling stressed and scared and panicked and you're having a lot of this type of reaction uh, pretty chronically, you're also then affecting your own immunity, which is counterintuitive because you don't want to get the virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, for myself, I, I oddly am not scared of getting it at all. Um, and I don't know that that's just me because I never get the flu or me. I rarely get sick. And so I'm maybe a little bit cocky energetically and thinking like, oh, I'll be fine. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not taking this very seriously. It just is in that, uh, in that nature of like, the only thing I'm more worried about, I'm more worried about the financial aspect of it, <laughs> what it's doing to our economy, um, but not so scared of the actual virus, if that makes sense. And so that's at least allowed me to have more space to think about other things um, than about getting necessarily getting sick or getting someone else sick. Um, I don't want to pass this to anybody, so I'm doing all the the, the necessary measures, of course. Um, but at least in that in that space, I don't have that fear as well. You know, on top of everything else, everybody's dealing with the loss of their jobs, and um, you know, like the isolation aspect of it. Um, and then on top of that, like maybe they'll get sick and not knowing if they'll have enough supplies. You know, like there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And for me, I had to actually sat down and did an exercise and say, okay, what are my fears? And wrote them down, numbered them out. And was like, okay, what's the worst that can happen in this scenario? What's the worst that can happen in this scenario? And I allowed myself to go there because the worst that could happen in each of those scenarios, when you put it down on paper, didn't look so bad. Obviously death is a really scary one. But like when I was able to write it down and said, okay, I lost my job. What's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to have to borrow from a friend or live with a friend or something like that. I'm currently living with a friend right now, actually. Um, so that's the worst that's going to happen. Am I going to starve? No, I'm lucky enough to have enough people in my life that I'm not going to go hungry. Um, am I going to lose shelter? No, I have enough people in my life that I'm able to stay with someone if I need to. Um, so in that regard, I was able to, to, to write down my biggest fears and then find gratitude out of looking at what's the worst that could happen. And energetically, that shifted me majorly because I was like, okay, out of all the fears of what I'm afraid I'm going to lose, I also have so much that I can gain from those who are around me um, and the people that I have in my life, which I'm very, very thankful for. So then that put me in a different energetic space. This is a huge shift that went from fear to gratitude. And gratitude and fear can't live in the same energetic space. They're actually opposite in polarity. So when you're fearful about something, if you have the chance to sit down and say, okay, let me think about what I'm grateful for, you can't feel both emotions at the same time. They, yeah. they, they're like oil and water. So like you're going to shift your awareness to something that's going to make you feel grateful and it's nearly impossible to experience fear while you're feeling grateful. Now you can switch back and forth, but you can't be in both at the same time. 
So if you're looking for a way to absolve that fear, maybe for you, writing down your fears is not the best way for you to, to transmute it. Um, that was just my, my way. Um, but sitting down and being able to transition into a space of gratitude said, okay, like, you know, one, this could be a lot worse and we're hoping that it doesn't get that way. But if it does, what do I, what resources do I have? What am I thankful for? What, what is in my life that I can look at and say, okay, this is, this is better than the fear that I'm feeling, you know, and look at it from a rational perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really happy that you brought that up too, because that's actually an exercise that I teach um, clients and stuff as well is to openly look at the worst case scenario. And when you break it apart mm -hmm. it, and you actually, you know, think about giving it life and then you look at what, what would happen and what you could do if that worst case scenario did happen, it tends to take a lot of the fear away from it. Again, aside from like death, that's a little bit separate topic, but <laughs> because this is like a more significant like health uh, issue that we're dealing with. But when it comes to some of the other things that can come with this, when we break it down and we look at all of, all of the things that, that we can control, all of the things that are in our lives that could help us, help us uh, offset some of these things, all of those end up really leading us more to a place of gratitude, like you said, and, and it's, it's going yeah. to take a lot of that fear away from it. it takes away its power. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I, I love everything that we're discussing and I think it's really important and just so crucial for the time that we're in right now that is just so incredibly mm -hmm. uncertain. And I want to encourage people that, um, if they're looking to use this time and if, if they're able to use this time in a way that is going to leave you better than when you went into it. Um, I really do love, uh, your work, Aaliyah. I love what you do. I love you. what you put out into the world. And I found a lot of comfort in, in my session with you. So I do want to encourage people to, to look into booking with you. Um, and actually a couple things that I want to touch on that were kind of specifics to me and, and my session, just to give people like, again, a little bit more well-rounded perspective as to what went on. I mean, it was like an hour and a half. So there was a lot that, that we discussed and talked about, but <laughs> Um, one of the, some of the things that really stuck with me the most were you were talking to me about, you said the phrase about how I needed to speak my truth and you were talking about past lives and stuff, mm -hmm. which is not normally something that I, I necessarily feed into, but I really trusted how you went about it and, and how you came up with that and how, how crucial it was based on my past lives for me to be able to speak my truth. And I kind of stopped dead in my tracks because I've actually used that exact phrase so many times in the past mm. uh, year in terms of coming out with my story around my relationship and all of that stuff. Um, you also said mm -hmm. that this was always meant to happen to me. And that also mm. struck me really deeply because I have also said that, that I'm like, no, I feel mm. like this was supposed to happen to me. And you mm. said the same thing. And you and I didn't know each other at all. Basically, we, we sat together no. at dinner for a few <laughs> minutes, but that was it. Like you didn't know anything about me. And yeah. You were talking about how this, you know, no matter what choices I made, that this was always going to happen to me and it was meant to happen to me. Yeah. And that really yeah. fed into like my sense of purpose and kind of renewed that and like relit the fire within me to continue to push forward. And then the last thing I'll say that really has stayed with me so much 
was when you pulled the cards at the end and you pulled four, four mm -hmm. angel cards <laughs> and that meant nothing yeah. to me. I didn't know what that meant. So yeah, you were calling it the Ninja Turtles <laughs> of angels. I was dying laughing because that, you know, you gasped and I was like, what's the big deal? I don't know what these cards mean. And you started explaining it. And that has like given me such a sense of comfort ever since. It's really fascinating. So, so tell people what that meant, I guess. <laughs> so like, I mean, and it completely came to me in the moment that we were sitting there and I thought that was hilarious because I've never seen it before. And so she had, um, you know, I do like a pyramid deck and the way that I pull um, as, a as far as a spread, it's like one and then two underneath and like a pyramid. So um, anyway, she had four of the angel cards in her deck and they all match the colors of the Ninja Turtles, like <laughs> Raphael, Donatello. <laughs> um, and so I was laughing because I was like, you've got this whole like fighting team, you know, here. And, um, and how they aligned with the, the chakras. Cause you had the, the, the blue, I'm going to forget the names of them, but like you had the blue one and then the red one and the orange one and the purple one. So it was just kind of funny. Cause it was like, okay, these are all the chakras that we talked about. And so, um, and back to your, your previous point, um, uh, about like, this was always going to happen to you. There was a sense for, for you, what I felt like there was a sense of shame and feeling like I should have known, or I should have done this or, um, or having you know, just in general, feeling some type of shame or guilt around like not being able to avoid the situation. And I had to tell her that like, Hey, this was always going to happen. Like you made a contract above that. This is what was going to happen. So regardless of the path that you decided to take, it's not your fault that you're here. It was a choice. And, and that there was empowerment, uh, I believe that came through because it was like, it was a choice that you went through this to, to level yourself up and that this person was in your life as a catalyst, as a means to propel you forward and you to get into your purpose to bust open your throat chakra and the areas where you're having trouble expressing yourself and getting to that point. And so um, transmuting then like the past life that I saw and um, other, other stuff that showed up um, and giving you freedom in that and knowing that like, okay, I don't have to live with this as a a ball and chain anymore of like something that I should feel bad about that I should have known or I could have avoided this or why did I pick him or you know whatever we get in our heads about things that we think that are mistakes and when when things happen we're like oh I should have known better and and and, and chastise ourselves and make ourselves feel shameful around those those places and I think that like spirit and the universe is calling us to love those aspects of ourselves because the areas where we are broken our, our wounds are, are where we are here to heal the collective. Like we came in with like, okay, I want to suffer with this so I can learn and teach or learn and then teach people how to deal with that. And so like, I have an episode, I think it's number 25 or 26, um, where it says, stop feeling guilty for your wounds. You're healing the collective. So you came in with this thing that you were going to like, have to deal with and have this significant painful experience so you could then thrust yourself through it and become you know the phoenix if you will like rise up from the ashes and then help other people with their journey when they're dealing with it so it's like a pioneer you become a pioneer because of this experience that you had and so that your wound shouldn't be felt shouldn't be something you feel guilty for it's your badge of honor it's what you're here to, to transmute for everyone so good. Honestly, it, it just, it was a really, really powerful experience and it really moved me and left me feeling very empowered afterwards. 
So I just, yeah, I, I wanted to, to get into a couple more specifics because I want people to fully understand like what it means. And when I booked the session with you, you'd only kind of mentioned yourself as like an energy. I can't remember exactly how you, you phrased it, but something to do. With, yeah. Something along those lines. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then it was after that you said you were a medium and I'm like, Oh my God, what did I get into? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to like anyone who's maybe feeling kind of like try to like baby that. step people in. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's why I want to I wanted to give some some insight to take any potential fears away for people that um, honestly like yeah. I, I found it such an incredibly powerful experience. So I highly highly recommend it, and we will obviously link up everything um, to find you. But let people know where they can find you. Let people know about your podcast. All the things. Yeah. So, um, my website is the lovely Aaliyah, A-L-E-A.com. Um, and all of my social medias are the lovely Aaliyah as well. And then you can find my podcast. It's called spiritual shit and, uh, it's on all major platforms. Um, but just to speak to what you said about the medium thing real quick is, um, I think everybody's intuitive. Everybody on some level is able to read energy. Um, for me specifically, it is uh, a means of being able to collect or, or start connect to a collective consciousness and oh there's my mom <laughs> um to be able to connect to a collective consciousness and um in that way able to give messages from possibly even loved ones sometimes although i don't promise that um but whatever your guides and angels are trying to speak to you and and, and heal you through so it's not super scary or anything like it's just um like i think other people are mediums and perhaps don't know it um, I have a friend who's super psychic and I'm like, girl, like you need to be like using this gift. And she's like, what? She'll just text me the most cryptic things. And then it's, it's like, how do you know that we're talking about this right now? You know? Um, so I think everybody has that ability. It's just like trying to figure out where your strength in it is. It's, it's not something that's scary. It's actually really beautiful when you're able to experience it. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that so many of us are way more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. And and I certainly, I spent years, as I've talked about before, like even about that particular relationship that I was in, stuffing down mm -hmm. my intuition. And it, it yeah. clearly didn't serve me. And I've noticed that since then, I've worked so hard to try and put my intuition first that um, I'm noticing a huge difference because a lot of that has to do a lot with self-trust. And when we don't have self-trust, yeah. we don't trust our intuition. So they're very, very right. closely tied. And I think that that's something that people really need to pay attention to and, and to utilize to make your own life even better. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a wonderful and beautiful tool. Um, I can teach you how to use it uh, if you'd be so open. So <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. No. And I, I, I can't recommend you enough. So everyone, please check out Aaliyah and your amazing podcast. And I have one final question that I always... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have one final question I always ask every guest, uh, which is if you could offer people just one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Trust yourself. Yes. Like that is my biggest thing. I feel like everybody looks for external information from everywhere else and we don't trust our gut. We don't trust ourselves. And we, when we get the answer from above or beyond, we don't, we, we look to have someone else validate it for us when deep down, we usually know, like we usually know. So unless you're just completely kidding yourself and completely blocked, um, the, I think that it's super, super beautiful when someone learns how to trust themselves 
above anything else. And you will just, I believe like that's where I saw in most of my clients and even in myself, like an extreme amount of bloom and confidence that came from that. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. And yeah, I, I really agree that trusting yourself is, it's a skill. It often, it, mm-hmm. it did come naturally to us at one point or another, but then along the way we've mm-hmm. lost it and we have to work really hard yeah. to get it back. And I, there are so many amazing things that can come of that. So I think that's really beautiful advice. Oh my gosh, Aaliyah, thank you. This has been awesome. <laughs> thank you, Emily. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'm so grateful you took the time and it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me on Instagram over at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.